Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen, the roads are empty, <laughs> the beaches are closed, and watching people embrace on TV looks a bit odd. It's COVID-19, <laughs> world in 2020. I'm looking across here, Matt's wearing gloves. I've never done a show in surgical gloves before, but as you would know, dear listener, the whole, this radio thing, there's a lot of buttons and sliders yeah. and things, and so, and it's hard to disinfect electronics, so it um, is. if you can hear this, oh, that is ow. my... Uh, Surgical glove application, and I was just having a chuckle, getting you, just watching you get your microphone in position, using your elbows and using your hands. How fast we change! Um, One of the great things about uh, Homo sapiens, Mm. we adapt. Well, we bloody well have to. Well, we bloody well have to, don't we? (laughs) And uh, and the fact is. Dear listener mm. out there and listeners, how you doing? Mm. Um, it's um, a delight and a privilege to be here to offer some words of support. Yes. Um, hopefully a bit of guidance. Yes. And don't worry, we have John. Yes. And we're finding out what Frank is cooking him to keep him strong. Yes, good. good. And he's wearing gloves too. Really? Everyone's wearing gloves. Um, which is uh, is kind of crazy. Okay. We were saying before the show, Cam, this, this yeah. time last week, you were here. Carl was here. I was not here. Yes, uh, thank you, Carl. But this time last week, uh, we were going, wow, this is a thing, isn't it? And then uh, <laughs> later that night came uh, probably the most horrendous announcement that the industry that we talk about has ever faced. Our beloved industry, yes. Where they said, all right, restaurants, bars, venues, can't operate no more. Um, not through, uh, not through your enclosed space. We, you know, yes. Um, and one of the great things, and this will be a, a part of the show, a theme of the show, mm. is uh, uh, the very, very fact that uh, this industry, if we want to be part of any industry at all, <laughs> want to hitch my hitch my sails to this one, baby, because <laughs> um, you know who you are out there. The strength. The resilience, mm. the grit, and the determination of people in the hospitality industry. I mean, you know, w- we're the ones, and I'm saying from my previous time mm. of really being in the industry rather mm-hmm. than just looking in and talking to people in it, is we've had to deal with the the abusive customers, yes. and clean up the vomit in the toilets, yes. and deal with the people having the argument on table four. Yes. We're here. Yeah. We're still here, you bastards, mm. and uh, and we we shall um, endure. Yes. So how about that, huh? Yeah. Them's fighting words Damn from the, the top of this hour. And yeah, you know, I, I think. And as we've been, what saying, are you saying? Black glove. Black glove. Oh, no, that's very strange. I don't quite know what to do with my hands. <laughs> yes. Um. You know, we're saying when all of this is over, and this could be two months or four. I don't know how long it's going to take. Six months. Mm-hmm. There will still be in Melbourne a demand for places to go out to eat and drink and be merry, and that's not going to go away. We just have to get through this as best we can. And it's been a really, really shitty week for a lot of people in Hospo. Yep. Um, and, and retail. And, yeah. and retail increasingly so. And, yes. uh, but, you know, there are also some, some, 
I'm not going to say good news stories, but there is some positivity amongst... Oh, you want to start it with those, didn't you? You said, Cam, I've got some good news. Here's some good news, Cam. Well, what have you got? A couple of things I just wanted to flag, and we'll talk in a second about what restaurants are doing. And um, also what's coming response. up on the show. Yes, and also what's coming up on the show. Because we have a responsibility to do that. That's true. Yes. Uh, but I did want to maybe start just with a, a very rare bouquet for the supermarkets who... Um, at least have have tried to flatten out the demand of and managed to get stuff back on the shelves. They've done that, and they okay, have good on you. And they've managed to, as best as I think as we can see it, prioritise um, folks in the community who can't necessarily live without toilet paper or food or dried pasta, whatever it might be, for a couple of weeks. That has been a great recognition, and uh, that is one of the things that I would agree with you yes. on that. The other thing I just wanted to highlight before we talk about restaurants is, um, as we said, I think last week and the week before, that we're not running out of food. We have plenty of food in Victoria and Australia. The producers are still producing and the supply chains are still supplying and the markets are still there. The onion doesn't know it's COVID. It, <laughs> it still grows in the ground. And yes. it's still delicious. You can yes. still make pasta sauce I'm still it. the onion. So uh, we would um, encourage everyone just to continue buying your food as normal, but if you can buy from um, from independent uh, uh, sellers and producers and uh, make sure you spend some time, go to your local market if you have one. If not, go to your grocer or go to your independent butcher or whatever it might be. Yes. Um, and, and even, you know, we see people, um, I guess, trying to get ahead of the curve because there is a concern that maybe even liquor sales are going to be curtailed, which sends a... Where should they shop, Matt? Uh, well, I was going to say, it sends a, a sort of... Where a, should they go, buddy? A shiver of anxiety through what is a, 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 a quite a boozy nation. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, it's the... It, okay, it's the legal drug. That's true. That's it's the three. We've got three legal drugs. Yep. Well, one which is being trying to tax out of submission. Yeah, tobacco, caffeine, mm-hmm. and alcohol. Yes. Yeah. And I think um, we're probably. So I'm, where do we get that drug from, Matt? I'm, I'm happy to sort of admit I've been leaning on the legal drug a little bit more <laughs> yeah. than I normally have the last couple of weeks. I think I think uh, you might be a few in that boat. Um, but I would suggest to you if you if you still want a glass of wine at night and those sorts of things, go to uh, where possible an independent uh, wine outlet, or if you can. Um, directly support um, wineries and wine producers. So I think, you know, most wine companies or wineries now have had mail delivery for Yonks um, and will continue to do so. But it's a really important time. Um, if you if you want a little glass of red at the end of the day, make sure you uh, you get it from somewhere that... Um, Was the money that a singular through. glass you were talking about? It's a very big glass. <laughs> <laughs> just one glass. Uh, that's not a glass, that's a bucket. Yes, just shut up. Shut up, fill it. Um, uh, a mention should be made uh, to our special friends in the beer industry. Yes. Um, uh, Sailors Grave, they won't be hearing this because they're way up in all Boston unless you're listening on the net. Hello, Chris and Gab. Uh, but they've put together a thing uh, in conjunction with a whole bunch of others. Just mm-hmm. look it up. The marketing uh, win of the week, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned with uh, names, Quarantini. Quarantini. <laughs> uh, a 24-pack, uh, which you can order. I think they're going to be shipped out early in April. Um, just to show you how far the world has come, mm. uh, my last day uh, before the first lockdown mm-hmm. happening was making gin, yes, uh, which was just really, really great fun. And I was yep. saying if I'm going to be hanging out with some people that, you know, to my last sort of social outing in For a way. Whoever's going to be, yes. Uh, it was great to be making gin, but just to show you um, how far things have come around, um, shout out to Cam McKenzie and all his crew at Four Pillars. Mm. They are no longer making gin. No. 
they're now making sanitizer. Yes. And we've seen a lot of distillers pivot. Yeah, Ned Whiskey is is making sanitizer. I was a bit disappointed in that because I had my first taste of Ned the other day. It's a mid-priced whiskey and it's got this maple syrup sort of on the nose. It's really, really nice. You still get a few bottles. Um, yes, okay, Sunday night when the hospitality changed, um, you wanted to give some bouquets to some restaurants that deserve praise for their deliveries, Matt? I, yeah, I do, and I guess... You want to list them quick? And I'm almost hesitant to sort of shout out individual restaurants because so many restaurants are now closing their doors but pivoting to takeaway and delivery. And, of course, that will be very pertinent with our first guest who yes. we will um, get to shortly. Yes, but I, I've been trying to do my salaried best during the week and at least keep spending money restaurants for the while that we can so uh, a couple of my St Kilda faves Chicholino is doing a full pickup menu oh, so we, yeah. we had their their just delightful salmon linguine at home for the first ever time which is amazing <laughs> yes. um, and uh, I did a pickup from uh, Rose's Canteen uh, during oh, the Rose week Rose and Mitchell so, God I wonder how she's going she's working hard yeah well apparently it's um, bloody popular so Good. they're doing alright and of course we, we mentioned the other week I haven't tried it because it's difficult to, to get onto it but um, Attica have moved now to a pickup system where you can pre-order um, a couple of menu items. You can get lasagna. You can. You can get you can get Ben Sherry's Christmas lasagna. You can have this. However, much. I like saw Ben over the over the week. How is he? He. We're both kind of emotional. Yeah. I was sort of emotional because actually I'm on the other side. I had a, a earbud um, in my ear because I'd been mm. on hold from Centrelink <laughs> for about. I think I was up to about two and a half hours, and I thought, yeah. bugger this, I'm just going to go out. And I mm-hmm. went and saw Ben, and we were trying to keep our distance. He hadn't slept for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, and he's just really working hard. But uh, his Vegemite scroll tasted amazing. It's and actually, it's almost as hard to get the lasagna as, as it is to get a seat at his restaurant because it, it, it's all booked online. <laughs> yes. um, the other one I just wanted to flag, uh, Cafe Stasio in both their city and their oh, but location. Did, I know. Did, did the guy come up in the eaten jacket? <laughs> Has the staff come? Well, they do. And and was he sort of a bit arrogant? Yeah, you got your staff. They are doing um, staff deliveries, which is great. So I think a lot of their restaurant staff are now just basically... uh, Runners. You're basically runners. Food runners. Um, But I had uh, some some amazing pasta at home for not a huge (laughs) amount of money. And um, we had that... A little pat of butter on the, on our home dining table with the stars. Oh, for God's sake! It's yes. all very, very uh, bourgeois. But um, but hey, and they're just three or four businesses that are that are people we know. So many restaurants are moving to uh, takeaway. We're going to talk about that with our first guest. Ken. All right, and thank you, Matt, for that. Uh, yes, because uh, on today's show we have uh, the editorial director of Broadsheet. I think I've got the title right. Catch uh, a uh, she's going to have a chat to us um, about, well, how they've been covering this. And uh, the the answer is they've been covering it very, very well. And we'll yes. talk about the places that have remained open, uh, the state of the industry. We'll have to sort of touch on that. And, um, and how they're trying to pivot and protect the businesses and the workers within. Yes. We then go to... Uh, the founder of Worksmith, mm. um, an interesting hospitality hub. Mm. We're going to have a chat to Michael Basqueta, the CEO, and he's got uh, specific information uh, regarding work 
Smith Connect, which um, includes well, it's sort of a, like a one-stop shop of what's going on with the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. And for all you hospo workers that are out of work, I commend this and I would say for you to tune in and stay tuned in because uh, they have managed to secure some pro bono legal work yes. and also accounting work, which will be um, very necessary. And then, mm. Jesus Christ, you've got to go to the market and talk to John because, yes. um, well, look, one of the things that I delight in in being able to do this show is to give a little bit of familiarity, a little bit of a what's your most comfy thing you wear on your Sundays? Yeah. Is it your track, those trackies that you could never wear out? Well, <laughs> I hope you don't go out in them. But, you know, John is part of that. Um, but... John does something really, really different in this market report. Mm. I'm not going to give it away, mm. but I'd like you to keep tuned in. It is 12.14 here on 3RRR. I'm delighted to have Matt across from me. He's yes. black gloves. And, and I can assure you we're one and a half metres away and I'm sort of backing off from the microphone. Yeah. More than I've got these weird black gloves. But Yeah, normally I lean so far. You've seen me. I've, I'm, yeah. you know, I've chew on the microphone uh but i'm keeping that too we're delighted that you've joined us we are also delighted to be able to provide this very very important service in these dark times Mm. and before we do go to whatever matt has planned for us because Mm. he's driving the bus i'm going to Make an impassioned plea, mm. and uh, I invite you, Matt, to to join in with that. In the fact that in these times, community radio is going to be more necessary than ever, and um, the hospitality industry is in peril. The economy is in peril. The medical staff, who I've got to say, no. if we're going to if we're going to throw a bouquet about yes. the people that you know, we talk about people that run towards the danger. Yes, hold my beer. I've got to mm-hmm. get my gowns on. Um, but 3RRR is a part of all that, and we're fragile here. Yep. Normally we have – you haven't even bothered to bring it in, Matt. No, the little sheet where we play all the sponsorship announcements. Can you describe that sheet for us? No, where just, is it? It hangs outside the studio, and normally yeah, before the is. show you go, okay, I've got to play this sponsor. Oh, God, there's this. eight bloody announcements to do. How are we going to fit in the rest of the – oh, That's all what right. we normally say. Yeah. Um, and because a lot of Triple R's uh, sponsorship revenue comes from um, you know pubs and clubs and events and concerts and bands in the music bands, industry, that yeah. is obviously just dried up because it's been shut down. So we're going to be speaking more about this during – April amnesty once I think we all figure out what April amnesty is. It's going to look like, yes. Um, but, yeah, the, to, to keep Triple R on air um, is going to be uh, something you're going to hear from a lot of the announcers over the next few weeks and months, I would suggest. Maybe we could get some money from David Geffen from his yacht. Who's, where, where, where was he again? <laughs> the Grenadines. Fucking asshole. Yeah. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> God almighty. 12.16. Uh, we're going to get uh, Catcher on the blower. Looking forward to having a chat with her. Stay tuned. Stay with us. Stay on the R's. And- I've, I've had this song in my head last couple of days. I've been driving around Melbourne a little bit uh, and there's no one there. And uh, it made me think of this tune. So, And, and I've got to say that this could be the very, very first time we have ever, ever played a reggae track on <laughs> Eat It. Seriously. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Anyway, yeah, here it is. It. Yeah. Huh. 
<laughs> okay, sorry, I couldn't help that. See, that was a little bit more upbeat, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? There you go. And thank you, Bob Marley, for that lovely rendition. We'll check, that, we'll check in with called? the whalers in another 30 years. Uh, Concrete Jungle from yeah, the Catch a Fire album. Yeah. It just reminded me of Melbourne driving around. Yeah. <sighs> I wonder if Catch a Watchell has been driving around uh, Melbourne. A very, very good afternoon to you and welcome to the Airwaves of 3 R FM. Thank you, Cam. I have been not driving anywhere. I've been pretty much sitting in the same um, four walls <laughs> yes. the last couple of weeks. Yes. Like, like a lot of people. I know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, crazy times. Uh, what have you been doing to keep yourself occupied? Well, it's never been a busier time for the media, especially people covering food media. I mean, I think anyone right now, the coronavirus story is so enormous and affects every touch point of society and every touch point of culture. So, honestly, we've just kind of been working. Isn't um, that funny? Yeah. I, I agree yeah, with you, Katja. There's, there will be a time when we're going to be able to well, exhale a little bit within the four walls that we inhabit and uh, it will be a time for contemplation um, and all sorts of stuff. But no, not now because things change so fast. I mean, just in in the week that we've had, it's been insane, isn't it? Everything's changing. You know, it's not even on a kind of weekly basis. If it's not a daily basis, it's an hourly basis. Agreed. And... That means, you know, everyone has to pivot super fast from people like us and you guys who have your regularly scheduled programming and need to amend things fast, both to support the industry, but also to make sure your listeners and our readers are kept abreast of the situation and getting the insights they need and the information they need to make decisions. But also there's just not any sense of downtime to contemplate what's even happened. So I agree with you. I think that in... A matter of time. I have no idea um, when we'll enter kind of a more formal lockdown period. I suspect it's coming soon. Yes, I think Maybe you're that right. will be a time for people to contemplate. And look, I think there's a lot of people already who are in situations. My partner's in hospitality. He comes up with a new initiative every couple of days to try and keep the business not going yes. in, in not going in a regular way, but at least you know being able to give staff a couple of shifts a week if possible but every time he comes up with something you know the the policies change and the restrictions change so he has to kind of go back to the drawing board and he's and he's even lucky in that way that he's able to still be thinking about okay how can i give people shifts can we do takeaway can we do delivery can we set up an online grocery store there's a lot of businesses um in hospital who don't have that capacity and um i think that the government lockdown of those businesses was while devastating, also a welcome release because they were in no man's land. You know, That's you had the, in, indeed. The, That's where we are so much at the moment with the government and the fact that if we're going to get to stage three restrictions, for God's sake, just do it because then we can possibly, as uh, the, uh, the the buzzword at the moment now is, we can now go into hibernation with some sort of government support rather than being. Left to the yeah. wolves, which is what the hospitality has been having to deal with, and that's why we have to use these words of strength and resilience and determination to pivot and how admirable it all is, but yeah. it doesn't and have to be like this. 
and they have been unbelievable. I, honestly, you would think it's incredible that an industry in dire straits manages to still be so generous in thinking about everyone else. I mean, there are so many initiatives that have come out over the past week with hospo um, venue owners and operators and chefs who are trying to work out how to keep their own livelihoods afloat. But really all they're thinking about is how can I make sure that I can still give some hours and shifts to my staff. And they're thinking about how they can feed the front line. So it's, it's, I think we saw this, um, you know, at the beginning of the year with the bushfires. Exactly. The hospital this, industry yeah. jumped on to help. Uh, we had an op-ed written by one of our um, kind of a, a very acclaimed Australian food writer, Matt Van Heisen, who is our Perth editor-at-large, and he wrote an op-ed last week called Remember Hospitality. And he basically went into a whole bunch of um, life experiences, things that we've all had in which hospo and restaurants and cafes and bars have been there for us um, when we've needed them. And he and talks about, you know, they operate on wastes in thin margins as it is, the bushfires occurred and they were the first that they jumped on in any way they could, whether it was making sure that all their, um, you know, all, all money that was coming in from coffee was going to bushfires. Uh, Broadsheet put on a bushfire picnic. Mm. And the response from the industry to just jump on, give food, give staff, give time was so inspiring. And they're continuing to do that now, even though they're the ones now that need the help. Isn't it so, amazing how that, that did... Yeah, that did change. I mean, yes, I think I was talking to you about that uh, the other day. Uh, yeah, bunch Feb Fire Fund uh, got twenty grand for uh, for Blazer to to help, and exactly. uh, and and they were the first, pretty much the first. Also, we we should throw uh, another bouquet to uh, another group of people who have no gigs. The entertainment industry. They were the ones who said, "Yeah, we'll put on a free gig. Exactly. We'll do that." But here we are. We are talking. We should acknowledge that. And let's pivot ourselves really back important. to the hospitality industry. I, I also do want to make acknowledgement of that. Um, the entertainment and arts industry have also been decimated by this. Uh, and, and pretty much any industry that relies on people coming into their venues. So not only galleries, museums, restaurants, um, but also fitness studios. And, you know, the people who are kind of there to keep us fit and keep us, like, our mental well-being okay. So we've made a real effort at Broadsheet. Well, of course, we're focusing on the hospo industry and all the incredible initiatives um, that they're making. Um, we're making sure that we're also covering arts and entertainment and all those, all those musicians who have lost gigs, all the actors whose shows have been cancelled, yep. whatever we can do um, to kind of send people their way, whether it's, you know, the MSO streaming concerts or um, we covered an uh, event called Isolade uh, last week, which was just, an incredible group of musicians who got together and it kind of went from their lounge room to lounge room to lounge room with people playing live shows. So everyone's being hit. The cultural industries are so stuffed at the moment. So it's our job at Broadsheet to not just cover hospital but also all those groups and make sure that we're sending people to them and giving them help, giving them support where we need. And I think that the community, our readers, your listeners, are going to be so raring to go once everything opens back Agreed. up and so we're going to support them as much as we can through this period but then when things open back up again it's just about getting as many people as we can if they're able back out into the world and spending with the restaurants and um at theaters and music venues and that feels like a while away now but that's something that's in the back of our heads um at the editorial desk it is indeed i mean we think about 
if we want to use the metaphor of we need to be able to open up that gate again. The gate will open again, and uh, we've just got to make sure that there's enough people behind it. But in the meantime, yeah. what you are doing, and I want to uh, just acknowledge another thing I want to acknowledge uh, and say that I think you are doing so well uh, is the live list. And uh, maybe you might Thank want you. to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, congratulations on putting the resources uh, towards that. Yeah, and we, like every, you know, the media I think has been super fast and wanting to support, you know, across the board, um, have wanted to support, you know, all the restaurants and um, bars and cafes that are trying to find a way to get through this. And the Ask the Live list was one of the first things we did, and that was basically to get up a ever-rolling list of anyone in HOSPO, restaurants and bars, cafes, who were pivoting to basically make their business a takeaway or delivery only business. And since then, um, like that list just keeps growing. In fact, we've got to work out a new way to display that because we're almost, I didn't even, I didn't realise that our, we had a limit in terms of the length of a story, but we've hit it. We, we, <laughs> Have we've you hit, hit the buffer? We've hit it. We've hit it. I got a notification the other day from one of my colleagues saying, Dude, uh, Katja, we've reached, we've got to talk. We've reached the limit. And yeah. I, I said, oh, I didn't know we had one. Yeah, what are you so, talking so about, we, limit? So we've got to kind of work out now how we can continue to add people, which we will be doing throughout this process until we, until basically until the government says they can't do delivery and takeaway anymore. Uh, but the, the amount, the imagination and the swiftness with which the industry has pivoted to do this has been so inspiring. And you used the word resilience earlier, and that's exactly what they've been. But just the imagination, you know, people are, we've got our, like, the city's best fine diners, as you mentioned earlier. You've got Ben Shuri and Attica doing the bake shop. You've got Pistazio Chitter, um, which is such an incredible, delivering to you. And they're such an incredible, you know, that, that restaurant, the, so much of the experience is in that, you know, the walls of that restaurant, that beautiful space. They're like, no, nah, we're gonna, we're gonna get our, we're gonna get our staff out. We're gonna be delivering you fish and chips and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, so that's been super exciting. And for us, it's just about trying to keep on top of that. We, we can't even keep up with the amount of initiatives and takeaway menus that people are doing. And what we started to see in the last week, of course, is a bunch of restaurants turning into also kind of delivery, like grocer, grocer deliveries. So we've got. Um, Andrew McConnell at Marion. Marion is now doing like beautiful boxes of produce. Uh, Shannon Martinez with Smith and Daughters is the same. But even kind of restaurants that are more neighbourhood restaurants, so Small Graces in Footscray and Small Axe Deli uh, in the north, they're putting together beautiful um, boxes of pantry essentials. Small Axe is doing, you know, Italian deli um, stuff in, in addition to kind of other basics. So not only are they doing home, you know, some, some places are doing, you know, here's a pasta and a sauce and make it at home, and here are the instructions. Others are delivering ready-to-go meals. We've all, seen even pizzas as well. Catch if I can just, um, I, I agree with with all that. It's it's funny. I think um, maybe we have the word of the year. I'm I'm thinking that maybe pivot might be the word of the year coming up but uh, I also want to as well as the incredible work that you guys are doing with Broadsheet in keeping that list live um, I'd just like to make mention of a recently released app I don't know if you're aware of it uh, the Glide app um, no. which is about uh, support local Melbourne uh, restaurants cafes and bars uh, it currently has over 700 users and counting it's working 
so we'll have to cover that yeah, on Monday. Yeah, I think um, I'll, 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 I'll forward that through to you so you can have a look at that. Uh, Catcher, it's, yeah, it's a shame that these events bring us together to have our first chat. Delight to have a chat with you. It was great to um, chat over the phone. Uh, big good day to Ellen. Uh, the other day, I mean, it was another time we shared a car together and went to Oak Ridge and had a great, <laughs> great time and yeah. a Sazerac on our, the way. Ellen yeah. is our wonderful Melbourne editor. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the the city editors um, and kind of all our editors have just been on this a hundred percent every single minute of the day. And when they're even when they're not you know, online, they're thinking, they're on Instagram, they're sharing. <laughs> yeah. um, they're basically Ellen and Sarah and Danny, who are our city editors in um, Sydney and Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth. They are just sharing every every single time a restaurant or chef shares something on their own account. Those editors are sharing it again to their followers just well, to make sure everyone is aware of, yeah, how they can support the business in there if they're it is. able well, we talk yeah. about this industry 24-7, and it is a 24-7 industry. So you catch it. Thank you so much for having a chat to us. Look forward Thank to you. chatting again soon. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. 12.34. Just one thing I wanted to mention, the mm-hmm. fact uh, that uh, we haven't got any chefs on the show. No, we haven't. This By is, design, we should say. This is not the time to... Well, maybe someone to talk. I'm not sure, but I think things are a little bit raw to to bring on a chef and just go. Well, you've just you know lost all your staff. Can you tell us how we can cook those beans and and make a dish like that? <laughs> I'm not going to be that insensitive. No, some other people in the media might do that, but we're not going to do that here. Twelve thirty-four. Uh, we're going to be having a chat to Michael Buschetta. A quick chat about uh, Worksmith and uh, the initiative that he has brought forward pretty quickly yes. too, I might say. And just to cover, so uh, the live list, if you're looking for it, it's on Broadsheet. So Broadsheet, just uh, Google Broadsheet live list and you'll see the uh, list that Katya was talking about. And, and Glide can... App. Um, yeah. We'll have to make sure if we can find that. We'll try to work that out before the end of the show. But that's, yes. that's a good one. Uh, we'll be back with Michael after this. <laughs> like a prawn in the sun. Yeah, 12.36. Uh, we've got a little bit of time to uh, have a chat to uh, Michael Buschetta from uh, Worksmith. Uh, now, hang on, I said that. Yeah, Buschetta, mm. I think I've got that right. Mm. CEO and founder of Worksmith. A very, very good afternoon to you, Michael. Good afternoon, Jan. Thanks for having me. Pleasure, mate. Pleasure. Uh, first of all, can you give for those that don't know about the work that uh, Worksmith does? Can you maybe just fill us in? Yeah, absolutely. Worksmith's a community hub uh, for the food, beverage, and hospitality industry. Uh, been around for a couple of years, uh, located in Collingwood, and we have a space in the CBD as well. So we are primarily a co-working space, but we hold industry-based events yeah. as well, and really uh, act as a resource for the industry. Yeah, I remember I think Shawnee from Marinette said that they've uh, <coughs> made great use of what you've been doing. And, yeah, absolutely. And I was looking on the uh, your website, uh, which is, if you just do Worksmith, what is it, I.O.? What's what, I.O.? What's I.O.? It's a, uh, part of the, the, the tech boom. A lot of people going to I.O. and Worksmith.com was certainly taken. Yeah, Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt would know about that. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not quite that... Uh, uh, connected mm. in that, but uh, you will find that there's also a really, really great um, article 
with uh, Dervla McGowan, which uh, was quite an interesting one that you got, which I thought was kind of interesting. So have a look at that, first of all. But there is a much more important initiative that you have brought yeah. forward. Uh, and for all of you hospo workers um, out there in some sort of uh, economic, financial, uh, legal and accounting peril, uh, there is um, some a wee bit of hope for you. Sorry to revert to Scottish. Yeah. Don't know why I did that. What have you done? Yeah, so, yeah, so we jumped into uh, around a week ago. Uh, our team started COVID-19 support for the hospitality industry. It was just a Facebook group. Mm. Uh, and we gained, uh, in a week, 10,000 members have joined that. And we were finding that there was a lot of similar questions coming through on that platform. Uh, whether it be documentation uh, or resources or just general questions coming up. So really quickly, our team turned their attention to creating Worksmiths Connect, uh, and we're providing uh, templates for documentation, whether you're a business owner and need to ask for rental relief or an individual uh, that needs rental relief from your personal lease, uh, how to navigate uh, Centrelink and that very long line that is, uh, that has come about. Just get ready uh, to listen to some terrible music. Yeah, exactly. Very, a lot of, and, a, and a lot of it, yeah. I've heard it. <laughs> uh, and, and that's sort of that's mark one of the platform that we yes. set up really quickly uh, and turn, turn around in about four days. I'm really proud of the team that, uh, that have pulled together to make that happen work day and, day and night, knowing how important, important it is for the industry. That originally was um, slated for around about July, was it not, you said? Yeah, exactly. We, we were working on this platform uh, for the industry and have been uh, developing it for a number of months. And given current events, we've basically dropped every other project we were working on to turn our attention to it. And I've got uh, three hospitality venues and uh, are going through uh, obviously the same deal as everyone in the industry is right now and uh, seeing uh, each day having to go into work and, and, and let people go or uh, you know, word of the year being pivot. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as as the government slowly, slowly implement new changes, uh, we pivot and then we have to pivot again 48 hours later because we've been told something different. And I'm uh, fully aware that these are for health reasons, uh, but you know, looking at it from the industry side, there's definitely a preference to uh, speed these things up so we know exactly what's going on uh, over the next few weeks. All right. Well, the the website, of course, is uh, look for Worksmith IO, uh, and uh, yes, pivoting. Uh, we're pivoting yeah. more than uh, an Australian gymnast who won't be going to Tokyo. You could say, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Michael, what we might do is we we haven't got a lot of time today. I'm sorry no, no about worries. that. I wanted to get the word out because what you're doing is bloody awesome. Thank you very Thank very you. much for that. We will be speaking in the weeks coming ahead because we plan to continue to be here at 3 R. Michael. Thanks so much, Kev. Thanks, uh, guys. Pleasure, buddy. 12.41 here on 3 R FM. Hopefully we've bought a little bit of time to go talk to John and maybe come back to microphones at the end of it. How are we doing? Yeah, quick music track first, though, Kev. Oh, we even got music. Yeah. Oh, this is better. This ain't reggae. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm liking it. All right, I'm taking direction. Good morning, Cameron. How are you? I'm a little bit uh, out of sorts because, uh, I don't know, for uh, 25 years we've just stood over there where you chop the pumpkins and you've said to me, no, you've got to come over here. Where are we? We're right in the middle of Queen Street, 
in between the lower half and the top half of the market. Yeah. Now, the reason I've asked you to come up here is say, look across the road, mate. What do you see? Oh, I just saw something really weird. I saw a tram go by. Yes. Um, so the weird thing is, therefore, I'm looking actually through E-shed, D-shed, C-shed, B-shed. They're see-through. There's nothing there. Not even a little bit of plastic flowing through. No. And what I wanted to say to you that even during the Great Depression, when my grandfather was in Melbourne in the 30s, this was something that was not seen. So it's tragic. You're starting to scare me now, John. Well, that's the honest truth. You know, my yeah. grandfather weathered the um, depression and the market was jumping. Now we're so in. Who was that? Who did that? My grandfather. Oh, yeah. Who was your grandfather? My grandfather came to Australia in 1927, my dad's dad. What was his name again? Oh, sorry, Pasquale. Oh, Pasquale. Pat. So well, he, was the, he was the father of Joe? Yes, that's right, big wow. Joe. Wow, okay, so he made um, him. <laughs> yeah, 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 he, he made him and then came to Australia because yeah. dad was born in 26 and pop came to mm. Australia in 27. Yeah. Now, the tragedy is that you, you, you always see people... I know. I just... And even on a Wednesday when it's empty, you see a little bit of plastic flying through. Yes. There's nothing... Not even a seagull up there. And it breaks my heart. So, what, what, okay, I will ask the stupid question. What happened to all these people? All these well, traders who are here? Because of isolation, people have been asked to stay home. Now, they're going into lockdown. They've asked the traders not to turn up, general traders, that is, clothing and that. But the tragedy is that we greengrocers oh. are still here. Yeah. And for the first time in 30 years, you can drive through Queen Street because they block it off on a Sunday. There are a few cars, the fireys have come up to do the shopping now because they've got to cook their Sunday dinner. But there's three or four cars in the middle of Queen Street and it's tragic, we're very, very quiet. Yet people are lining up at the supermarket and getting charged top dollar for groceries, top dollar for grocery, uh, vegetables, and, and, and they're pushing each other to get through. So stop, think, think about coming to the market and support us as well. We've got the best produce because a lot of the stuff that we're selling is not refrigerated. It was picked yesterday or the day before. It might have come down in a cooled truck, but that's as far as it goes. Everything's as fresh as. And there's um, more veggies coming onto the uh, market every day because there was just that little in-between season bit. So veggies spiked just at the wrong time. It wasn't because of the virus. Veggies will come cheaper. We drop our prices according to demand. So, you know, what you might see here for five bucks, you'll see in a supermarket for ten, twelve dollars. We I'm have. Guaranteed. I have. Yes. And what about you, people out there? Are you doing that? Are you? Uh, are you fighting your way through the supermarkets? There's, as John said, and and I agree wholeheartedly of what you're doing, and that's why we've been speaking for so long because. These are independent people. These are family people. These are people with deep connections with their networks of farmers. These are people who you can have a relationship with, you get fresh food from, and you also get a better price. Definitely. And more, uh, more important, the abundance and quality. Mm. You, you can't beat it. Because if you're paying $5 for something fresh and $5 for something that's not fresh, well, you're ahead because the fresh stuff will keep longer, it'll taste better, it'll look better, you can do more things with it. Yet when something's getting a little bit riper or a little bit tired, you tend to cook up um, something like a big stew or 
chuck a capsicum in with a rice rather than eat it in a salad and mm. things like that. And another strange thing, I'm wearing plastic gloves. Oh, no, that's it. He's wearing gloves. Oh. Finally. And I've been... What did I say when I saw you? I said, listen, I've been worried about you because, well, John refuses some things and one of the things he refuses to do is get one of those machines so he can do the cards so John's doing cash and always has and I've been thinking of you over the week um, with your, your bare hands but you've got gloves on so yes. even though it's uncomfortable well done and we change them regularly too so we're yeah. responsible it's not as if that we're handling cash with you know we're handling cash with one hand and trying to do the veggies with the other so yeah. We're trying to do the right thing. Oh, God. Uh, and again... Old dog, new yeah, tricks. Look yeah, at you, eh? How's yeah, it feel? Yeah, yeah. It's always the way, mate. <laughs> no, we it's always... not. No, if you... <laughs> You're yeah. like a rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but sometimes you have to bend. Even trees yeah. bend. All right, so you're like a big, strong reed. Yeah, that's, definitely. That's just, just slowly. Now, all right, so we got all that out the way, and I'll just re reiterate it now. Come to the markets. Support independent traders. Now... We're going to do that at the end too. Yeah. What's Franco? What's Franco uh, cooking you to keep you strong? Well, we've had a minestrone a couple of times through the week because I had some beautiful bolotti beans which I took home. Um, she cooked some straight away and froze some, um, and we just needed something to warm the cockles of our heart and yeah. and give us a little bit of strength as well. Uh, and we've had some beautiful salmon and chips. We had fish and chips one night. Tonight a quick pasta, I think, because by the time we get home, that's all I'll be strong enough to eat. Yes. But um, I got lucky. I got some um, pork hocks uh, from one of my butcher friends. He offered them to me a week ago, and I said, oh, I might brine them, and he said, I'll brine them for you. So we're going to put those in the oven, and it'll be um, like a, a roasted ham. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, vegetarians, but... Mm. Yeah. yeah, but we got a lot of beautiful stuff for you, yeah. veggies, too. Um, I, I showed Cameron a bag of beautiful little onions, smaller than an egg. Oh, yeah. Should we ones. should we wander down yeah, and we can maybe go and have a look? Yeah, so um, yeah, you got these onions and, and they were uh, they were red onions, but they were um, they were pickling red onions and you were saying to me you reckon oh I reckon they probably were going for export. I'd say so because they've got the accreditation on the bag and they've got the beautiful description of the onion. It says red pickling onions. Yeah. And they really have this beautiful, beautiful red hue on them. Oh, I lost it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so um, they'll go in beside the roast. And oh, also... Look, look at us. We're standing in another different place. This yeah. is really weird. Well, so that, where are we now? Down, now we're in between uh, Stephen, my Chinese neighbour, yeah. and my store. We're standing in, in between the... We're, we're looking east, yes, we're easterly, looking way down, down the guts. Mama, we look across the bench. Yeah. Um, and we've also got these beautiful baby beets here. Uh, a lot of people have been roasting them in the oven. They put a little bit of balsamic on them at the end. Um, brings out the sugar and the colour and the texture as well. Good idea sometimes just to parboil them just a little bit, I reckon, to get them going. Maybe not the small ones, but the big ones, because... They can take a while to cook through. Yeah. You know something strange? I love beetroots, yeah. but beetroot juice and roasted beetroots I find very, very sweet. And yeah, I'll eat it, but it doesn't really attract me. It doesn't say, come and eat me like a lot of things do, which is my problem. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> hey, mine too, don't worry. Hey. But um, maybe a little bit of, uh, as you say, the balsamic vinegar, a little bit of acid in there just to add a little bit of acid to that sweetness will neutralise it a bit. Yeah, just to break it a little bit. And like I said, we're looking across the bench rather than over the bench. 
I cut a tomato just as you were coming in before. Have a look at the beautiful colour. Do you want to describe that for me? That's the one, isn't it? <clears throat> um, crimson is probably the best. Beautiful, vibrant Ferrari red. Yeah. And, fire engine. And just as you came, I was serving a lady and she said to me, you saw me some tomatoes last week. And I said, yeah, here, oh, here we, go. we go. She said, the first time I bought your tomatoes, you guaranteed they were going to be tasty and I'm back again. Oh. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me a bit of a fright too. <laughs> but the tickets do say bad shape, good flavour, and a lot of people laugh, but when they try the tomatoes, yeah. um, they find that they are. We've got pretty ones still with no blemishes, don't get me wrong. But, you know, we've been pushing these out $3.50, $4.50 a kilo, um, $7 if you have to have the pretty ones. Mm. Then we've got the beautiful heirlooms and we've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about 10 different varieties of heirlooms as well. Um, beautiful big red ones, we've got chocolate ones, we've got uh, black Russians, we've got orange ones, yellow ones, we've got cherry trass, um, we've got the mini cherry romas, um, the yellow ones, not red in the punnet. Are they sweet? Uh, they are. This variety is not bad, but there's some of them are just so sweet. You put them in a pan and heat them through and then drop an egg in and you can't tell where the egg yolk is, so it's a mystery dip. Hey, and okay. it's beautiful. It just really makes your breakfast. No need for bacon, just crusty mm. bread and, and tomato and egg. It's beautiful. And i got to say, if I can just take the ball and run with it for a sec, uh, the cherry truss are really, really great. And you can do that with cherry tomatoes too, but just throw them in a hot oven if you're roasting, say, vegetables and stuff, and it's amazing how much that heat will blister the skin beautifully a little bit of salt on top but it concentrates the sweetness and oh my god it's good. yeah it really does but for me it also concentrates the acid and it doesn't do it for me joseph and my mother have done it quite a few times and i love it but um we also had some that were a little bit wrinkly and when we did pizza a couple of months ago mm. we filled the tray with these half cherry tomatoes and salt and oil and put them in and went to bed and the next morning we came back and they could have been taken out an hour earlier. They were really dry. We were eating them like chips. They were beautiful. I remember you told me about them. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, uh, yeah. That was good. Uh, one thing I just want to say, uh, just to get away from the, the, the Italian <laughs> side of things. You know what I did? Those eggplants. Um, I got a couple off you last week. Um, chopped them up. Two centimetre cube. Um, threw them in the oven, right? Um, just cook them so you brown them and they start to go soft. And then I went all sort of Japanesey on it. I did um, miso with a little bit of mirin, so sweeten oh, it up. I've had it done like yeah, that. Yeah, miso, mirin, uh, a little bit of sugar, uh, oh, and a little bit of sake too. So cooking, cooking wine in there. Um, and then what you do is you mix that up with just a little bit of water. So it's like a dressing. You throw that on the top just at the end. It's a pretty hot oven. And then the sauce just evaporates and caramelizes and had that with rice. Oh, that's to die for. That was Because the eggplants are a flavor sponge. Yeah. That's why the um, Indians buy those little uh, stripy eggplant and they sit them on top of a curry at the end. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter how you do eggplant. Uh, they're always tasty, tasty. Um, and another good way, uh, if you want to fool your uh, guests or somebody, no. you cut the eggplant into one centimetre cubes and fry them in hot olive oil. Yeah. And then you put um, some beautiful um, uh, half-crushed so rock salt yeah. and oregano and mix it through. Yeah. And some people think they're mushrooms. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> really? I've done it to a couple of my friends and... You know, yeah, the, the flavour's different. Wow. But 
Again, we've got an abundance of edges. We sold a lot of edges this week, don't get me wrong, but the yeah, bench is... And Joey's been um, just raving about this sweet corn here, and he's been saying, the white one you've just been eating raw? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's The white that's one we've been eating raw, and the two-coloured one is um, a little bit less sweet, but more sweet than the yellow one. But the yellow one has got such a beautiful colour, mm. uh, straight kernels, uh, just saying, eat me, eat me. And even so, the sparrows always fly in and try to have a go. Do they have yeah, a oh pick yeah. of the kernels? Yeah, yeah that'd be it. All right, we're going to have to uh, get back to the studio. John, the question, even in these times, and especially so in these times, because you should be coming down and asking this yourself, pick of the market. Pick of the market. Definitely some eggplant and capsicums because the prices have come back a little bit. Yeah. Even zucchini has come back. Um, Franca, I took some ugly zucchini home, she chopped them up, mm. um, steamed them up and then put some um, um, egg, egg, wash. egg wash through it. Yeah. And it wasn't a frittata and it wasn't um, sloppy, it was just. And on top of the beautiful bread, made in heaven. Bit of cheese? Bit of cheese, yeah, yeah. a little bit of cheese. So you get naughty and do that. Mm. But again, everything's out there, you know. I know we're all in a hurry, we all have to be aware of social distancing and so on, but there's no reason why you can't walk up and down, say that looks good, that looks good, that looks good maybe, this is what I'd like to have, go through, pick it up, go home, cook up a storm, life goes on, it's hard I know, but you've got to do it. And one more thing, just for you people out there, remember, when you come to the market, you are giving your money to people. You're not giving your money to a public company or a corporation. And it's probably going overseas anyway. Hey. Well, anyway, there's some food for thought. John, I'm going to give you some homework. I want to talk to you next week about a pasta dish. I don't know whether it's from your region. Cacio or Pepe? Yes. Yes. All right. Let's not do it. All right. Next week? Yes. All right. We're going no to worries. Talk. We'll, we'll think talk. about that. All right. I'll see you later. Have a spectacular day. You too. Thank we've you. got to go back there because I'm feeling I'm feeling all exposed it's, out here. It's good to do something different. Well, it only took us 25 years. Yes, but it was a good experience and, and it still makes me think... And know, yet bittersweet. Yeah, bittersweet. Yeah. But life's still good. And do the right thing and we'll all be okay. Be happy we live in this country. I think would be uh, one of the things... It's a good theme to live by. Do the right thing and we'll all be okay. You and I were saying... Uh, we're all waking up and looking at those graphs, like the, the curve graphs. The curve, the curve, the curve, the curve. The next two weeks, folks. Is going to be super critical. So um, I'd say we've got to stay in. Stay home. We were just talking, I'm, I'm, like, I'm lucky enough. I can actually still do my job that I have at home. Yes. Um, I'm probably not going to leave the house for that. I'm going to go to the market now, grab some food. That's me for a week, I think. That's you in the cabin. Yeah. Close yeah. the drawbridge. That's it. Mm. The... <laughs> the Stedman drawbridge is going up. <laughs> and um, But don't worry, folks, because uh, we will be back next Sunday. Matt, you're coming back next week? I think I am, yes. I've got to oh, look at the roster. Okay, yeah. that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> uh, we will be talking to Duncan Butchanan. Well, that's what Siri calls him. His real name is Duncan Buchanan. He's our winemaker that we, uh, we go to to find out about vintage. And yep. uh, we can find out what's in his bunker. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think we'll, we'll go back to John because we've got to talk about uh, Cacio Pepe. Yep. That's your homework for everybody this week. Uh, see if you can master that dish. There's a great French engineer who talks about food on YouTube, which is mm. kind of good. We're still here. 
Still Here is still here. They're That's coming right. up next, which is going to be awesome. You've been listening to Eat It. I've been Matt. Uh, I've no. Let's do that again. <laughs> and it's good night from him. Uh, good goodbye from me, Matt Stibbs. Yeah, Cam yeah. Smith. How you doing? Uh, try the veal. Bye. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 